Hello and welcome back to the 10 the whole podcast. It is the 10th of July 2021. This is the show where we dissect, digest, and the fight opinions on the weekly football. Once again, it is the lone trequartista liable to get busy with your sister. It's Nice Hoofs back again. In today's show, I am gonna preview and take you through all the ins and outs of the Copa America final first, and then the Euro 2020-21 final happening tomorrow between England and Italy is gonna be a banger. Let's go! So, we will start off in Latin America, in South America, it is Brazil against Argentina in the Copa America final, in Brazil, oh my god, a titanic clash between two great historical rivals, coming head to head once again in a final of the Copa America for the first time since 2007, 2007 was the last time these two teams faced off at a major final. Uh, I believe it was played in Venezuela at the time. Yeah, yeah, Venezuela, Mar- uh, Mar- Maracaibo. And Brazil won 3-0 that time, if you guys recall. Pretty big upset, considering the difference in quality between the two teams. This was an Argentina team with the likes of Carlos Tevez, Lionel Messi. Still young, but there. Uh, Riquelme, Cambiaso, Veron, Mascherano, Gabriel Heinz, Gabriel Melito, Ayala, Javier Zanetti. These are huge names. And who'd they lose to in the final? Maicon, Juan, Alex, Gilberto, Miniero, Josu, Elano, Julio Baptista, Robinho, and Wagner fucking love. Wagner fucking love. Who was in goal for Brazil? Doni. Not... not not Dida, it's just some Donny. I believe he played for Roma at the time. But still, man. And uh, these guys, these bums, whipped, whipped, absolutely whipped Argentina 3-0 with goals from Baptista, Dani Alves, and uh, Roberto Ayala scoring an own goal. Having beat them two years earlier as well in the 2007 Confederations Cup final. With, I mean, back then... They actually had, you know, Adriano, Ronaldinho. It was a proper team. But anyway, forget of the past. We can only look towards the future. Because, my God, my God, has there been a lot of controversy 
surrounding this tournament. It's it's generally been one of disregard from Brazil, especially. Of course, the country very disappointed to find themselves in a position where they are hosting this tournament. Originally, it was, of course, supposed to be hosted by Colombia and Argentina. But it was moved to Brazil due to a spike in COVID numbers in both those countries. But additionally, like aside from the upset in there, which we will get to, uh, generally speaking, the feeling in Brazil is that this generation of Brazilian national team, the Seleção, they lack the abundance of superstars. We saw, for example, in 2002, the team that won it all, the one big, the big prize, they won the World Cup with the likes of Ronaldo, Ronaldinho, Rivaldo, Kaká, big, big names. And uh, I've been reading that apparently most Brazilians would not be able to name many other first-team players other than Neymar. So the hope is just on him, essentially. Because of these, a lot of these players growing up in Europe, playing in Europe, and Brazilians, they don't have time for that. They care about the local stuff. And players leaving Brazil earlier and earlier means that the people of Brazil have not really had the chance to get to know a lot of these players. But the bigger issue is that this alienation for the team is very much related to the country's current political and health crisis. So they have a very unpopular right-wing government at the moment, led by President Jair Bolsonaro, who admires uh, the country's military dictatorship, which ruled violently in the 1960s. And uh, Bolsonaro has downplayed very much the severity of the COVID-19 pandemic, even though Brazil has reported more than 19 million cases of coronavirus, including 531,000 deaths, more than, actually. The highest death toll in the world, and uh, second place, you guessed it, America. Yeah! <laughs> However, Argentina, on the other hand, who was supposed to host the competition, is doing much better with the pandemic. They only had 4.6 million cases and uh, 98,000 deaths. Just better numbers in comparison. But Bolsonaro, as quick, it was quick to respond to the South American Federation's plea to host the tournament in Brazil, whereas he was very, very slow in responding to the COVID crisis, putting people's lives at risk, actually killing his own people. And it's a problem. It's a problem, and that is why, for the first time, the national team has, for the most part, been politicized by Bolsonaro. Hence why a lot of people in Brazil are no longer fans. And moreover, a large section of the players on the team are uh, supporters of Bolsonaro. Uh, he appeals mainly to the to hardcore Christians in Brazil. And, you know, the likes of Neymar, Fred, players like that, that is where they fall in. And uh, controversy has been sweeping as well, because the likes of famous Brazilian sports journalist Fabiola Andrade, and many others, by the way, uh, have posted a photo of themselves wearing Argentina's jersey, saying that they would support Argentina instead of Brazil because Messi deserves a title. Which is, uh, I mean, it's a good excuse for some, and one I'm inclined to agree with. But generally speaking, it is more because the players actually support this piece of shit who's in power. But, you know, the likes of Neymar and Thiago Silva and Marquinhos actually have expressed publicly their surprise at Brazilians fans' negative attitude towards the team, calling them unpatriotic. And Neymar, when he lambasted them, said... 
I never attack, nor would I ever attack Brazil if they are playing for something. Whatever the sport, a model contest, the Oscar, I am Brazil, and who is Brazilian and does it differently? And he ended that with uh, a go to hell. Just very res respectful to his own people there. Love to see that. <laughs> but, you know, Neymar, as much as he's loved by Brazilians for what he does for the national team, which, you know, let's be real, it is impressive, but... As a football player, he is considered a failure in Brazil when it comes to decisive moments and important games. He's either injured or does not play well on those occasions. And his image is very bad in Brazil at the moment. The, a big reason we're seeing support for Messi is that Brazilians trust Messi's discreet and consistent style more. Whereas Neymar appears to be like a rich kid with a tacky and superficial persona. Which by the way is 100% spot on. I, I second this opinion. <laughs> I'm all for it. I support this. <laughs> and Messi, of course, on the other hand... Um, I mean, a lot of pressure. He is the unheralded genius of Argentinian football, in a sense, because there is this view of bitterness towards the fact that he hasn't ever quite achieved much on the international stage, which is totally not true. I mean, the guy's numbers, they speak for himself. His performances, anybody who's actually watched the games would have seen that Messi loves Argentina, man. And he puts everything into winning for this nation but unfortunately he's surrounded by bozos historically at least the situation has improved they you know this team does look more united less fragmented and it definitely has much better quality than the team that showed up for the 2018 world cup which was shambolic but messi once again spectacular throughout this tournament 9 out of 11 of Argentina's goals have either been scored or assisted by Senor Messi. Uh, just spectacular, you know. It's it's a problem. You know, he, he is the messiah. No pun intended. He is the messiah for this Argentinian team. And despite playing out of his socks, it just hasn't happened for him. We forget football is a team game. But I'm hoping, I'm praying that this could be the moment. After all the heartbreak that this man has suffered with his national team, this could be the one. This could, this should be the one. I'm, it's tough because, uh, honestly, on paper, I would dare say Brazil have a better team. Let's let's look at the potential uh, lineups. So Brazil in goal, I think Ederson has will definitely play. He has been the main goalkeeper. Uh, Tite trusts him, and I doubt that will change in the last day of the season. I am sorry, Mr. Allison Becker. Right back, uh, Danilo, for sure, with Marquinhos, Thiago Silva, and Renan Lodi. I think that is a solid back line. And um, Lodi is a bit of a weird one because there is also Alexandro. But uh, Lodi started the semifinal, and uh, he could probably keep his place. I mean, marking Messi, it's going to be tough, <laughs> no doubt about it. Danilo's job is not going to be easy either on the right flank, but I think I think it's got to be Lodi. I think it's got to be Lodi over Sandro. Although Sandro is more physical, I don't know. I don't. Know. I, I think I think Lodi. I think it's good options though. Either way, they're in safe hands. The Brazilian midfield, uh, generally speaking, they've been playing a four-two-three-one with uh, Casemiro and Fred being the double pivot. 
and uh, you'd back Lucas Paqueta to play in that number 10 role because he has been spectacular, arguably Brazil's second best or third best player because Fred has been a sensation. Yo, let's talk about Brazil Fred. This guy, this guy, he was losing his place to Douglas Luiz <laughs> for a while. But no, no, he is back into the squad and he has been spectacular, keeping the likes of Douglas Luiz and that motherfucker Fabinho. Fuck you, Fabinho. I'll never forgive you for choosing Liverpool. Uh, out of the squad completely, and he has been doing spectacular. I'm really happy for Fred. Congrats, buddy. Congrats. And uh, Casemiro, well, Casemiro's Casemiro. He will fucking do his business, as he always does. He always does. Up front for Brazil is the interesting one. So I I see Richarlison definitely being in the as part of the front three. Uh, Neymar will for sure be part of the th front three. He's been spectacular pretty much all throughout the tournament. He's been great. Uh, and uh, I, the last spot is tough because you could see him bringing Firmino in, but I don't think Firmino and Paqueta would work together because Firmino wants to drop in and Paqueta wants to occupy that same space. It's just counterintuitive. Uh, Everton started against Peru, but he was taking off and he did not really, for me, at least uh, grab his chance with both hands. I think it will go in the way of Everton Ribeiro. I, I I believe. I think Everton Ribeiro should start this. He's experienced. He's a very technical player, very clever. And with Gabriel Jesus banned for two games for doing a Nigel de Jong, it's you'd, you'd say it's got to be him. Argentina again with that four-two-three-one. Uh, so we'll start in goal. Amy Martinez, I mean, absolute hero uh, in the semifinals. He's been great all tournament. He's been great all season. Let's be real. The guy deserves his spot. And he's apparently Messi's new favorite player. So good on you, man. Uh, right back. Mm, I, I, I don't know. I'm going to say it's probably going to be Noel Molina over Gonzalo Montiel. Montiel hasn't been great. And Molina wasn't particularly amazing in the semi-final so i don't know i i think because he started the last one my logic is he'll probably start this one you know udinese right back it's tough man like see this is where things get weird for argentina because you start comparing these players directly to the brazil side and you see there it's just different levels anyway at center back uh, i think it will be german patella with Nicolas Otamendi, uh, especially, I mean, Romero is a doubt with an injury, obviously, but if he's available, fucking play him, please. <laughs> Left back, Tagliafico, we all know him. He's uh, fantastic for Ajax. We've seen him in the Champions League quite a few times with some great performances, but this defense will have a lot of on their plate coming up against Brazil's front line, man. They are scary. A lot of fluidity. In midfield, you've got Leandro Paredes and Giovanni Lo Celso, who I think will definitely be starting. And uh, for sure, Rodrigo De Paul. He was fantastic in Serie A. Uh, close, close to signing for Atletico Madrid. I think this could be a big moment in his career and a chance for him to prove on a big stage what he can do ahead of a move to a bigger club next season no disrespect to Udinese of course hey no disrespect and uh up front uh Messi the greatest player in the world 
the greatest player of his generation, possibly the greatest player of all time. Please, Leo, fulfill your destiny and bring it home. Please, man. I am not Argentinian, but bro, you deserve this. You deserve this more than anyone. And I think he's going to be spectacular tonight. I am so excited. Up front, uh, Lautaro Martinez. I mean, he scored against Colombia in the semis. And he hasn't been spectacular, but he's he's gotten the goals. Uh, he's a willing runner. He, he has great link-up play with Messi. I'll give him credit there. Messi has enjoyed finding him. Probably a lot more than playing with Aguero at the moment. And the left wing is what remains. And it's it's a tough, it's a conundrum really. Because you've got Angel Di Maria. You've got Alejandro Gomez. Top, top players. Although aging. But very experienced. With a lot of quality. Alejandro Gomez has done probably better than Di Maria at this tournament. With the opportunities he's been given. Scored some great goals. I would personally go... Alejandro Gomez, but there is also Nico Gonzalez, who the manager does seem to like a lot. I could see Nico Gonzalez starting, which it's probably what's going to happen. I think he'll start, and then uh, Gomez or Di Maria will come on later on in the second half and just attack a possibly tired Danilo. And hopefully it goes well, man. I mean, this is a great chance for Messi to shut everybody the fuck up. This is the one thing they always hold over his head. Oh, you haven't won anything with Argentina. <laughs> Let's forget everything you've, we've ever seen you do for them. But you, you've never won anything, you loser. And at the Maracana, the scene where the scene of his World Cup final defeat to Germany. This would be a brilliant opportunity to shut all those mouths up and right the wrongs of the past. Where it all happened. Let's go, Leo. Bring it home. It's coming, Rosario. And uh, Leo, I mean, we got to talk about this. The Barcelona board is in shambles. So I know that we said already that he's a free agent. But ever since we talked about that a couple days ago, new news has come out. The Barcelona are fucked financially, man. So as things stand, they will not be able to register any of their new signings ahead of the new season. And even worse, <laughs> they will not be able to renew Lionel Messi's contract. Even if they do and he agrees to stay, they won't be able to register him. This is fucked. So to give you guys a bit of background, uh, Liga, they have a spending cap every season. So last season, the spending cap was 382 million euros and it is expected that this year this year the the cap will be reduced to 160 million euros and two seasons ago it was 671 million euros so this is a huge huge drop so we need to understand that uh, the Spanish top flight, they have their own version of financial f financial fair play where uh, each club given a, can be given a limit to spend on transfers and wages for the season ahead. And Barcelona are in way over their head. They are over 1 billion euros in debt total. 
And Lalika does not give a fuck about their plight, and they will not make an exception. Not for Messi. La Liga president Javier Tebas has told reporters on Thursday that these regulations exist and must be abided by. They have to adapt and find a solution within them. That is what I have told Juan Laporta. Because opening up the situation would just lead to more debt to the club. And of course, the La Liga would want the best players. But football goes on. You know, football goes on. He is not essential to La Liga as much as they think. And it's fucked for Barcelona because I don't know what the fuck they do. Current estimations are that they would need to clear 200 million euros from their wage bill. That is fucking insane. In absolute madness. I mean, what the fuck do you do? What the fuck do you do? Because they've got Memphis, they've got Sergio Aguero, they've got Eric Garcia, and Emerson Royal, all prepared to join the club. But they won't even be able to play until they clear out 200 million, man. How the fuck do you clear out 200 million? Aguero and the others are going to cost 50 million euros for next season. Like, how the fuck do you cut that out? How? And still keep Messi. So, they've started Operation Exit, basically. Uh, Trincao has already joined Wolves. Firpo has already joined, um, what was it, Leeds. Uh, Jean-Claire Tudibo has gone to Nice. And we've seen Conrad De La Fuente and Matthias Fernandez also leave the club. Uh, Matthias Fernandez, interestingly, was signed in January on a pretty decent contract for like 10-15 million played once and then got told hey fuck off to Valladolid on loan man and he comes back in the summer and they're like hey fuck off bro no more contract for you and he is suing them now for unjust dismissal and I hope he fucking wins I hope he fucking wins fuck these guys aside from that they've been trying to get players to just leave they're trying to ship off the likes of Antoine Griezmann who by the way Antoine Griezmann a hundred something million on his transfer fee for no reason when they didn't need him. And additionally, he earns 880,000 euros a fucking week for Griezmann. Imagine, man. What the fuck are these guys doing? <laughs> yeah. So we're trying to get rid of him. Uh, Felipe Coutinho. Oh, he's still there. Uh, Usman Dembele, Umtiti, Pjanic. Uh, Umtiti and Pjanic have been asked if, like, hey, uh, is it cool if we terminate your contract? And they both looked at him and said, fuck no. Nah. <laughs> they are fucked. They are fucked. Oh, it's fucked. It, it's, it's just so fucked. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how the fuck this club is going to recover from that, man. Who is going to buy Griezmann for a lot of money? Who's going to buy the perennially injured Dembele? Who? Maybe us. Maybe we would have last year. But we got Jaden Sancho now. That's not going to happen. Coutinho. Who the fuck? Where does Coutinho go? Coutinho still earns 28 million euros from them. What the fuck? <laughs> A year, man. That's fucked up. Griezmann's on like 34. It's, it's, it's fucked. 
They've spent so much money on these guys as well. Umtiti hasn't played in two years and he's still getting paid 20 mil a year, man. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Pedri has been the shining light for Barcelona this past season. For Barcelona and Spain. This kid could generally be uh, the next Iniesta for them if they manage to keep him. Uh, he's quality. We, we can all agree that he is a quality, quality player. I don't think anybody can deny that. But how the fuck do they fix this? <laughs> how? I mean, you could. Uh, PK was like, oh, I'll be one of the first to leave if it's to save the club. Then it signs a new fat contract. Busquets is still there. Jordi Alba is still there. We've still got the uselessness of Langley, Neto, Sergio Roberto, Ricky Pooj. Diang is an insane contract, but he's actually a, a baller. It's fucked. <laughs> it's it's just fucked. <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe they'll get lucky and manage to get rid of Alba, Busquets, PK. I think that'd be the right step to at least, okay, fuck it. We need to move forward. These guys can't be with us for long, even though they're essential. I don't know. Hey, Martin Braithwaite is a rich guy. He's <laughs> Maybe he can loan. Maybe that's why they bought him. <laughs> Yo, Martin Braithwaite has a net worth of, uh, I think, $250 million or some shit like that. Can you imagine? This guy's been investing in Denmark like for a long time. He made some peas, man. He is the richest player after... Well, Messi's no longer there. So he is the richest player at the club. That is insane. Football is a hobby to Martin Braithwaite. I play for Barcelona on the weekends, whatever. It's my side hustle. <laughs> it's fucked. It's fucked. I'm sorry, Barcelona. But I'm not sorry at the same time. Fuck you guys. Fuck you so much. Deserved. Deserved. This is for what you did to Leo last year. He was trying to save your asses. And what'd you say? You looked at him and said, Fucking new, you're our prisoner. <laughs> and this is what happens. This is what you get, you bitches, bunch of bitches. And from there, we will go on to the Euro final. England against Italy in Wembley. I mean, my God, it does not get bigger or better than a final at Wembley between the English and Italians. The two best teams in the tournament. I don't think anybody can disagree with that. Uh, Italy, for sure, the most entertaining team, the most exciting team to watch for me. England haven't been as good to watch, but they've been churning out the results, and that is very important, despite me and the rest of the world wishing, <laughs> wanting, waiting for these assholes to get eliminated. And my god, Denmark almost did it. It was a fucking sterling dive. And don't you dare tell me it was anything but a dive. That was a fucking dive and a half. I've seen the footage like 60 times. From different angles, different speeds, bro. There is no contact. There, like, come on, like, oh, you barely touched him, or if you take a picture from here. But no, in real time, while that shit's moving, there ain't shit that would have caused him to fall down like a sack of shit. But hey, credit to the English, great stuff beating the Danish. Uh, Denmark made it tough for them, but they pulled through. They pulled through. 
Uh, Pickford, I mean, Damsgaard fucked him up with that free kick, that's for sure. But otherwise, he was solid enough. I don't think Denmark threatened as much as they could have or should have in that game. Uh, Kyle Walker and the back line were spectacular, no doubt about it. Maguire, Shaw, once again, huge for England. Uh, you can uh, same for Declan Rice and Phillips. Uh, Saka was solid. He set up the first goal, the own goal by Kier. And no goal in the fucking dive, man. These lucky bastards. Whatever. Uh, Sterling was great. Kane was good. What can you say? What can you say? Even the penalty, man. Peter Casper Schmeichel had one of the best goalkeeping performances I've ever fucking seen in my life, and he loses to an own goal. And a fucking penalty rebound. He saved that penalty as well. What an absolute G Casper was. Absolute gangster. And he deserves all the credit in the world. He has been a class goalkeeper. Nay, a world class goalkeeper for years now. It is time Casper gets his fucking flowers, man. I'm not having it anymore. He's world class. I dare. I said it. Italy scraping through on penalties. Uh... <laughs> Chiellini brilliantly bullying Jordi Alba into making sure Italy take the first penalty and Italy take the penalties in front of their fans. Such a, such a clever play. Little midget Ben Affleck had nothing to do about it. And, um, I mean, I gotta say, uh, Spain were arguably the better team, football-wise. But Italy, I don't think they didn't deserve to go through. And I was happy they got to go through. Ice cold penalty from Jorginho at the end there absolutely class and um, we'll go into it uh, formations for the final I think England would probably probably revert to the back five once again Pickford in goal uh, Kyle Walker Stones Maguire as the center backs you'll have Trippier and Luke Shaw starting in midfield you're gonna see Declan Rice and uh, Calvin Phillips with a hurricane lone striker and Saka and Sterling on the wings. I think that is probably how he's going to go for it. Italy, on the other hand, I expect them to stick with the back four uh, of uh, Di Lorenzo, Chiellini, Bonucci, and uh, Emerson Palmieri in front of Gianluigi Donnarumma. And, of course, in midfield, you'd probably say Barella, Verratti, Jorginho, Guaranteed to start Insigne, Immobile, and Federico Chiesa. The main man. The best winger at this tournament. Nay, the best winger in the world. <laughs> He's been amazing, man. I love this guy. I love Federico Chiesa so much. And uh, final score. Final score. I'm going to say the team that wins this game... Will win it 2-1, 2-1. I think both teams have a goal in them at least. And the winner will win it 2-1. This will not go to penalties. And the final verdict is... It's coming to Rome! Let's go, Forza Duri! Avangulo de Inglesi! Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I don't know if that's Italian, but whatever. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying Illy to bring this shit all the way back to Rome. Oh, it's coming home. So you can wave goodbye, mate. So you can just wave goodbye. That's all you get. 
That's all you get. That's all you get. You just get to look at it, smell it, but you never get to touch it. You never get to taste it. That's all it's there for. It's just home on tour before it goes to Rome. That's what I'm saying. And with that, oh, uh, actually, you know, I'll throw you a prediction for the Brazil-Argentina game. I forgot to do that. I'm going to say Argentina 3-1. 3-1 Argentina. Messi Masterclass, please give him his dues, man. He deserves it. And let's hope he finally wins it. Shuts up all the haters. And with that, I will say to you all, thank you very much for listening to the 10 the whole podcast it's a pleasure always having you guys follow us on twitter if you already don't at 10 in the hole and email us at 10 dot in dot the hole at gmail.com and once again i will give you guys a song to leave with and for this episode the song will be guns are drawn by the roots and sun little enjoy that shit Take care of yourselves and each other, and I will see you guys soon.